good internet and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. <laughs> we are back. We're alive. We're alive. The, hold on, I have to say it, right? I have to say my part. You do, you do. The only SharePoint show in, 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 in South Africa where everything is not made up and it might be the only SharePoint show in existence, not just in South Africa. And there are no points. It's good to hear you on the line again, Al. Audacity still works. We had to find where we put the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a comedy of errors, really. <laughs> like a lemony snickets, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then OneDrive didn't want to work. Not OneDrive, OneNote didn't want to work. But yes, we are back. It is it is 2020. So this is the first episode of 2020. If you are a recurring listener, welcome. We're excited to have you back. We apologize for for taking a slight sabbatical. Um, we are hoping to get this back to regular cadence. And if you are new, uh, this is a podcast about all things SharePoint and a little bit of everything else. Is that an accurate description, Mr. Modlin? Absolutely. About Office 365, the digital workplace, anything and everything that goes into that, and the community, um, all that good stuff. And and we, we, we like being two guys in SharePoint. That's what people know us for. And for our fans out there that has been rooting for us to come back, this episode is exclusively for you. Thank you very much. Yes, th thank you everybody who's uh, kept the good word alive. And um, I don't actually want to promise anything, but I'm hoping we're going to be in a more regular cadence now. I know I've said that before, uh, but let's give it a shot, shall we? So when I said uh, thank you very much, there's if you watched, I don't know if you're a Deepish Mode fan, for those Deepish Mode fans out there, we're here for you. But in the the biggest concert to Deepish Mode, the, the 101, right? Um, Dave Gohan goes, thank you very much. Good evening, Pasadena. I just wanted to say that, and it's recorded on the show. Fantastic. Don't edit it out. <laughs> and if you are a new listener, this is largely what it's like. <laughs> Many tangents, but a lot of cool news and uh, commentary as well. We you keep it fresh. We keep it fresh. We do try. Usually at this point in the episode, um, we'll have a guest come on and talk to us about themselves and something cool in the digital workplace space, I guess. But we're not going to do that this episode. This episode uh, is an opportunity for Elle and I to hang out because we haven't, uh, haven't done one of these in a little while. And we're just going to have a bit of a chat since it is a new year, 2020. We can all see clearly now. Uh, we want to use that 2020 vision and look back on 2019 and uh, what happened, what it looked like, what we were doing. Huh. I, I like that intro. Use the 2020 vision to do a retrospective of what transpired in the, the year 2019. Yeah, so I love that dad joke. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we are we are digressing. Twenty nineteen. Do you think it was a big year? W was it a big year? 
I think so. I think it was um, a very big year for the Microsoft stack in South Africa. And more generally, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened. Um, data centers up and running, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I saw a lot of people really quite interested in moving their stuff to the cloud. Um, lots of migration, lots of talk about digital transformation, whatever that actually means. I don't know that anybody actually knows what it means. Nobody does. <laughs> it's like there's a dull. I think there was a Dolbert ad today <laughs> that uh, it talks about something not working, and the guy goes Kubernetes, as in that's all you have to say, and everything will work. Yeah, 2019 was was interesting. I, I think the paradigm shift for people in South Africa specifically, or anyone that gets a new data center, is it's no longer a question of have we decided that we are going to move to the cloud? It's more about when are we moving to the cloud? And we've seen that haste happen in like the quickening. Is it the quickening from, from um, Highlander? It is indeed. Good callback. Yes. I know, I know the quickening. Christopher Lambert is still, is still king, right? And it, we've seen that. We've seen the steam train coming where, where people want to move um, hard and fast. And I think that... South Africa is fortunate, and anyone that's going to get a new data center now, because we know they're popping up all over the show, that we are no longer a petri dish. There have been iterations or, or versions of the matrix. <laughs> Look at that, brought another one in there, um, that, have, that, have, that have failed um, quite hard and fast. I mean, we've just, we saw a failure yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, where someone at Microsoft forgot to renew the, I think it was the cert for the Teams client. Yeah, the, so security the cert for cert. the Teams browser. Yeah, in in browser it was fine, and 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 the world the world didn't know what to do because Teams was down for an hour or two. But but that's pretty much where we are right now. And our engagement with customers is really around: we're moving. Tell us how to do it, or we've already moved. Help us improve. And it's it's no longer. Convince us to move, and I think for me, 2019 was really about that bigger shift. Of no longer is it a question of are we? It's a question of when are we? Yeah, um, and there are some difficult conversations to be had there because it's it's all very well to say, "Cool, let's move," but there's actually a hell of a lot of work that goes into that, um, specifically around files i find um well and and legacy systems but at at the enterprise level moving a company's shared drive system that they've been running since the stone age um to to office 365 is a lot of work that's a lot of work and those conversations can be hard and how are we doing it is it a staged approach Stuff like mail and collaboration, even like PABX style, those are getting easier and easier. Um, and you can you can get those right. There's a there's a plan you can follow. I'm still not convinced there's an easy answer for for the files. Well, I, I, so we've been working on on a migration. We call it a migration butler service um, for for customers. 
specifically to address exactly what you said, right? And, and it's, it's twofold. One, customers have moved and they think they're in Office 365, but it's, it's really just mail, right? And yeah. Office Pro Plus. And they don't understand the rest of the stack. And, and that got us thinking, really, about what, what is the barrier to entry, right? Because customers, they know they're going to move anyway. It's inevitable. You know, it's like a borg. And if you dumb it down so that customers actually understand it, because taking a traditional customer with a file share and they've got home doors and they've got this S drive and they don't know what to do with it, but they've used products like Dropbox and Box and Google Drive, which is completely different to how the information architecture is structured inside of Office 365. It's just, it's a smorgasbord of, it's a myriad of I, I don't knows, you know? And, and when we look at it, really, there's four, there's four pillars, right? And one pillar is already there, so you don't have to do much. But it's really about bringing it down to those core set of services that you would consume in Office 365 that give you the most without hindering the way a user works. Right? So the first thing is identity. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer, right? You need identity. So you spin up Azure AD Connect on top of your DC and, and, and you click a button and, and introduce your, your accounts or, or are made available inside of the cloud. Next is security. It's already there. If you really want to, you can go and flip through things in exchange and all of that, right? And invariably, the one thing you must do is switch on encryption. Boom. You know, it's encrypted at rest and in transit. You fix a whole bunch of compliance regulations and legislations globally by just doing that one thing. Next is, well, we've spoken about security. Next is, is obviously mail. There's so many tools out there. Microsoft bought Mover last year. And I don't think Mover does. No, Mover doesn't do mailboxes. But you can go buy the F points and the share gates of the world for a, a drop in the ocean from a cost perspective, and it'll move your mailbox for you. And it'll do a seamless cut over and all of that. So you don't no longer have to worry about shit, man. Although users are not going to have to download the PST again. And then last, coming to what you were saying earlier on about file, right? So for me, it's an oversimplification. And we that have been working in the SharePoint world, we're the, we're the, the victims of our, our own success because we overcomplicate things. But think about a customer that's never, I had a session zero to hero, uh, rolling our teams the right way at, at Ignite the Tour in Johannesburg at the end of, of Jan. And I asked the audience purposely, and it was a full room, just over 300 people. I asked them to put up their hands for those that have, been, have had experience with teams. And 95% of the room have put their hand up. I asked then the same question about those experience with SharePoint, like proper SharePoint before Teams. The people that I knew in the room that have been working with SharePoint were the only people that put their hands up. So it's an interesting departure from where we were with SharePoint to where we are today with Teams. And our new customers don't see SharePoint the way we see it. I mean, I had a customer, well, no, I had a, a guy on Twitter ping my um, mate Lorian, and Lorian actually pinged me to say, hey, are we missing something where they were told by, by I'm not even going to mention who, that the underpinnings of, of Office 365 for content storage is OneDrive. I literally took that guy through a history lesson on a call because he asked to talk because he didn't know. You know, and he was sure, we were sure, but that's the thing, right? SharePoint is not really uh, the focal point anymore as much as we want to think that it could still be. So how do you take that traditional Dropbox, 
Google Drive experience and translate that into an equatable experience inside of Office 365. So literally, if you just map that and you don't even show them SharePoint, let them live inside a Windows Explorer, still OneDrive Automat, known folder move, you implement those two uh, uh, features and Ninja Dust, the user doesn't even know that the files are sitting in, inside of SharePoint or OneDrive. It's just the icons are different. They still experience their world inside of Windows Explorer. And, and that's probably the, the easiest and most simple way of getting customers to move to the cloud because they don't want to worry about what's on-prem. Yeah, no, I, all of those things. I, I get that. And I think moving from the, oh, we've got this Dropbox, we've got a Google Drive, whatever, Moving those across to 0365 is a no-brainer. It's easy. You can provide a lot of value there on top of what they're used to. That's great. The problem is the shared drives because that's not the content they've been putting in Dropbox and Google Drive, right? It's a different kind of content, oh. and you need to you need to restructure it because it's unstructured data. You need to chop it up into pieces. This one goes in that team. This goes here somewhere. You can't take like five petabytes so, of data or whatever they're sitting with and sync it with the, the, the OneDrive sync client. That's not a thing that really happens. Yeah. When you say the shared drive, what do you actually mean? People, You're talking about organizational people, data that's yeah, people structured like, by... Com companies have those bloody Windows shared drives, right? Yeah. Sitting yeah, so on a server somewhere a and it's... People make, yeah, a file share. And people make folders yeah. and folders and folders and they go on forever. And there's 800 duplicate files and there's stuff that's never been used, never mind not used anymore. There's a lot of cleanup work that needs to go into that before you can realistically use modern tools on it. You can't just dump I, it. I disagree. I disagree with you completely. Okay. So you, well, think you, about it realistically, right? What, what is our barrier to entry? I mean, for the last 15 years, right? We've been, well, no, you, you, you're young. I'm the old guy. But we've always gone about trying to add some structure to that file share before we move it, right? So there's a folder that's on that file share, your, your S drive normally or whatever drive letter you, you look at and it goes server name and then boom, you click on it. And then it's got a bunch of folders that you can see, right? So marketing, sales, engineering, pick one. And, and that is gigs, of, of that that is is gigs a, and gigs and gigs of data. Yeah, and, and it's just it's just it's a it's a it's a spiderweb sort of rabbit's nest. Uh, it's just a mess. Yeah. And then traditional knowledge management professionals would want to go in there and. And do an audit and, and I'm, I'm some sort even, of export from I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking about doing like a, a proper knowledge management thing where you build taxonomies and stuff. I'm talking about just stuff like, okay, you've got folder structures that are legitimately 80 folders deep. And the path is too long. <laughs> the, mm. the path is too long. It's not going to go anywhere. Never mind, there are okay, uh, 60 get, million well, look, files and there's no way, <laughs> even if you're pulling stubs, that the, the sync client's going to do that. You've got to like chunk it, right? And it makes sense because not everybody needs access to all that stuff. But there's like hard conversations there. 
Well, look, um, I, I think it's it's an excessive doom and gloom with 80 folders, although I, I trust I trust you when you say you've seen it. Um, yes, running running third-party tools to go sniff and say what will move, what won't move, and then either truncating it or or, or moving the last the last folder across to to a logical mapping inside of SharePoint. So marketing, it's a marketing team which gets a marketing team site, which yeah. gets a marketing team site document library, and then it goes there, right? Absolutely. Um, but but for me, it's really about making it that simple. Yeah, you can worry about retrofactorily going and saying, "Well, we want to do a cleanup." Get the customer to the cloud, um, and 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 for me, that that's the important message. Um, we we are having conversations we are having with our customers, specifically around that. Um, don't do cleanup in transit or, or or beforehand. Go there, get there, get everything that comes with this this this, this behemoth of of tooling, and then. So you want the security, you, you, you want the security, the big one, right? You want to be able to, to understand what you have. You want the searchability. So what if it's a mess? Yeah, search you, can, there, right? you can search for it, then it's fine. No, that and, does and make for sense. For me, and that it is... It is absolutely doable. It's just, it, it's not a, a switch you flip. Um, and I think a lot of customers no. are not really prepared to put in the work. I mean, not that they're not prepared, but they don't know what they don't know, right? Yeah, People say yeah. like, oh, you need to digitally transform and we need to go to the cloud. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. But what does that actually mean? And I think that's a lot of the conversations we were having last year. Like, what does that actually entail? How do we do it? Like, here's all the stuff you actually have on-prem. What's going to move across? Can you get to a yeah. point where you can actually turn off all your servers? Because, like... There's a lot of those that aren't going to go away anytime soon, right? You've got some program that one guy in finance uses that was coded in the 70s and is not going to run anyway. Although in Azure now you can, right? You can spin up a little container that's running DOS 3.0 and like it'll run whatever you need it to. Um, but there's work Oh, there. God, no, please. Please, Modlin, please. I'm asking you for the love of... Of everything, our friendship. Did you just say container? Yeah. What's wrong with containers? Jeez. Jeez. You know, it's usually attached. Well, it's usually attached to to, to Kubernetes. Kubernetes. I, I I dig yeah. the idea of Kubernetes. That all that stuff is a little too complicated for my tiny little brain. I'm not a real Cody guy. Really? But I know Kubernetes it's super super simple, right? Super simple if you understand that the basic construct of it. Yeah, I I, I get the um, idea. Actually implementing it why? would be too much for me. Why we why are we talking about Kubernetes on a SharePoint show? You brought it up first. Um, no, you said container and DOS and all of those things. Anyway. Can, another Can we end can we end this 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 no, we're done now with, with this segment. I've I have you, one other just, I have one other bit. I know you're gonna hate it, but okay. I'm one okay. other bit I really saw last year was the Power Platform maturing to a point, right? It's, you might still argue that it's not entirely uh, enterprise-grade or whatever, and certainly if you're not using premium connectors, it's not at all. But uh, there is a lot of power there, and over the last year it got a lot more. <laughs> uh, more power, more power. More power in the Power Platform. 
and there there is a lot I, of power there and i think it's i think it's amazing and going from strength to strength look i, I see value in power platform um, especially where you are engaging with people outside of your organizations through power apps portals magic I, the best part for me is power apps portals i really really enjoy that i, I think that they have ways to go um, understanding what what power platform is and what it purports to be uh, i will i will say this again i don't think that power automate is and and that's the problem right that's the problem with power automate in the old days it was microsoft flow okay so flow was great Flow said, I am a workflow engine. I'm a workflow tool. I might not necessarily be enterprise ready, but I'm here to do routing and all of those things. And then, then someone woke up and said, hey, there's this thing called RPA. Let's remove, let's call it Power Automate. And the world went crazy because they can do, they've taken a bit of the form type recognition stuff and cognitive services. And they pulled it into, into the Power Platform and, and Ninja Dust. I can as RPA. And it's, it's such, my company has an entire RPA division that does, we call it intelligent automation, and we, uh, we're a UI path partner. That's automation. Not, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about it. I, I'm excited. I am excited about the Power Platform. In fact, we're going to talk a bit more about the Power Platform and what's coming um, in the news section. Um, not only what you've got listed, but there's stuff coming to SA in August, by the way. Um, which which I'm super excited about. Don't, well, we're not talking about it now. Yes, full circle power platform is united. Power apps, power automate, power virtual agents, power BI, and generally power. As as many powers <laughs> as I have, with your powers combined. What 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 is that from? Captain Planet. Captain. Ah, yes, Captain Planet. You, you, exactly. you, you made a Captain Planet reference. That is a thing that just happened to us. So let's move swiftly along to the news. Well, we have to do it right, Modlin. I'm waiting for you to say it. In the news. Fantastic. I've missed that. So in the news this episode, I'll start us off. Um. The Power Platform Online Conference is happening March 20th. The reason we're talking about it now is that the call for speakers is currently open. It closes February 10th. So you've, by the time this episode goes up, you've probably only got a day or two to get your sessions in. And that should be a lot of fun. I... I... Value of online conference, Colab 365 does, does, they've got a few online conferences. Mark Jones and team, um, his wife, his daughter, and everyone else that's involved in it. Really good show. Um, I, I love the Colab 365 online, all these summits and things that they're doing. And, and this is just a testament to, to what they've been doing for the last two, three years. And we also now have a Power Platform online conference. Speaking of conferences, the Power Platform Summit is coming to South Africa in August. Ooh. It will be a three-city tour, um, spearheaded by the new first lady of Power Platform, uh, Donna Saka. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, so we'll do Cape Town, Joburg, Durban. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure uh, in what sort of cadence it's, it's going to be. over. I think it's going to run over two weeks, so we'll probably do it during the week. 
I'm not necessarily like the traditional SharePoint Saturday stuff, but yeah, August right on time and the weather will be great. There's no crazy holidays then. And it, it forms part of the, the power, the power platform summits that we, we're seeing around um, the rest of the world. And have a look out for our very own power. I think is it business apps or power apps. I can't remember. I, I can't remember the designation, but um, David van Heerden, um is he's got his own user user group that that meets on on, and we'll talk about that as well, the community night. Um, but yeah, we've actually got a, a power apps MVP in in South Africa, which is also equally exciting. Very cool. Yeah, David's a lacquer oak. Oh. It's had a lot of content. What's up next, Mr. Modling? It's it's your you've got your, your the first four bullet points are yours on the on the on the notes. So please yes. a couple entertain us. Staying staying on the power platform topic, a couple other things. They've put a simplified AI builder experience into Power Automate. So you now have connectors for models that you can call models in in your flows. They are still flows. Um, so it's probably like a lot of things in Power Automate. If you want to get really in depth and do proper stuff with it, it's probably it's probably a little too simplistic. But for a lot of tasks, it'll probably work great. So you can go and try that out. Um, and another one that is really cool is there is a simplified number formatting action in flow so you can pump some numbers into it and it will automatically format it for you they've got a bunch of different formats you can choose from and do all of that so you no longer have to hack it together yourself in a string which is should is just a really nice quality of life addition no idea what you're talking about uh, moving on <laughs> moving on i don't know if you've seen this uh, people have probably noticed it already, but if you are a Office Pro Plus user, and if you use Chrome, you probably saw a little pop-up recently where Microsoft wanted to install a add-on to your to your Chrome, and what that add-on does is change your default search engine to Bing, and there is. Well, it's, it, it, it was, it's, it's great, though. It's, it's Internet Explorer in 2019, right? You see, now you're making jokes, but it is actually really quite cool. So if you have a enterprise account, right? If you have an AD account and your business is using AD and you have, you, you have a, an Office 365 account, if you log into Bing with that account and you do a search... You get a different experience to if you don't. It will search through yeah. your content in Office 365 and the people and all of that and provide really quite a nice experience. And that's what Microsoft's trying to highlight to people. Like, hey, this is really cool. You know, we have enterprise search in like a proper yeah. major way. Nobody ever pays attention to it. So they're like, screw it. We'll just force people to do it. Uh, so that's a thing that that's happened. If Look, it's only taken it's only yeah it's only taken eighteen months for that to happen. Eh? Yeah, so it's not an overnight thing. When they launched Microsoft Search at Ignite in, in twenty what last year twenty eighteen twenty eighteen this was the, the it was the promised land right this is what the utopia search utopia 
where you'd have one search bar to rule them all. And as you rightfully said now, it is one search bar to rule them all, right? So it's contextually aware. No longer does it only search for stuff on the interwebs, but also your interwebs internally, externally, and also content that you have access to across the uh, the silos of information repositories that you have in Office 365. Yeah, and it is really, really slick. If you guys haven't seen it, if you ignored that Chrome add-in, whatever the case is, really do go check it out because it is really, really cool. What else is it? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? It's your turn for a little while. I like the way I, I, I like how you put in the show notes Pro Plus hijacks Google. It sounds so so clandestine. No, dude, that's that yeah, was the Microsoft messaging. That is what Microsoft said they were doing. They're like, we are hijacking Chrome. That 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 was <laughs> the words they used. Like, don't don't ask me, man. That's how they wanted to do it. All right, uh, for for listeners of, of the show, um, we can neither confirm nor deny if that is factual. It is but a statement from Mr. Montlou. And you can Google it and you'll shit. see. <laughs> Anyhow, coming back to uh, the name of the show, Two Guys on SharePoint, because, yeah, Montlou, I'm just going to call you Flow something. Or automate mate. <laughs> Am I the automate? Automate mate. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, coming back, uh, what's new in SharePoint? Uh, we're doing a little bit of recap of 2019 and Jan because for the most part, nothing really gets released in January of the of, of every every year, right? Because people were sleeping, developers took leave, which is strange, um, and, and nothing new. But there is quite a few new things which I'm very excited about. You now have page history or page version history inside of SharePoint. So you're working with a page, you can now roll back, roll forward. Very exciting. I, I think for modern, and that, that, that's come through. Very cool. Um, to, yeah, on the, on the, the topic of, of what's modern, uh, there's a new custom search results page for SharePoint sites, so you can modify that. Very exciting. It's no longer just about display templates. That's so nice. I don't know if, if, if you've ever had a look into that. I mean, and and what, I, what I'm really excited about is this full circle, right? I mean, we've heard about all these really cool things, right, that were going to come and it was coming. But the fact that they've kind of almost officially retired classic everything and bringing things into the modern world, um, naturally search should also take on that moniker, right, modern everything. Absolutely. So I'm excited about it. No, it's very and Think cool. about the experience you're going to have by connecting your enterprise AD account or your Active Directory account through Bing to surface this type of data as well, not only contextually based away inside of a SharePoint site. And that's magic. And Microsoft has done amazing things with with the SharePoint framework using using Yeoman Node and 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 Gulp to to sort of augment the way you, you push stuff to not only SharePoint but also Teams. Yeah. That's killer. That's the sort of stuff we used to do quite a lot on prem, like all the, the yeah. search pagey stuff. It's really nice seeing it come through into the modern experience because the modern experience is really just better. Like there's no two ways about it's it. Also it's also about it's, it's what I really like is the extends the way Microsoft is extending it not just to the traditional farm administrators where we god rights could do these sort of things it's now not only um, site administrators but also site owners 
have that extensibility where they can start customizing the overall experience for their users of that specific site. And that's exciting. Yeah, it's democratizing the capabilities, which is brilliant. Big, big, big words, democratizing. Um, what does that even mean? It sounds like that digital transformation. Um, it's, it's very, it's very political of you to to use that type of word. It's, it's very buzzword. <laughs> Speaking about buzzwords, do you have any customers that's still using Office three sixty five video? Thankfully, not. But for those that were, there was a a barnacle on the path to success around migrating Office three sixty five video to to Microsoft Stream. Apparently, there's an administration tool that helps you migrate your Office 365 video content to Microsoft Stream. I'm excited about it because everything modern, right? So move, move, move. And like with everything Microsoft, they want to help not only partners, but they also want to help customers to get a better experience out of the cloud. So buying products like Mover, building a SharePoint migration uh, um, tool, I'm also now working on moving your video for those customers that are, are video heavy and video rich to the new experience inside of Stream. Exciting times. Uh, speaking about exciting times and moving from animate to inanimate objects, I'd like to talk a little bit about image resizing using inside of the image web part in the modern experience, right? I mean, we've seen that for Fidelity Fluidness. And, and you are now able to resize the image inside of the editor, which is quite cool. It is makes but just makes that whole quick. process of editing a page, creating content, just so much easier. And also, what's nice about it is the image will resize automatically. So think about Bootstrap and, and responsiveness, um, and, and and that's actually pretty cool as well. Yours is next, Modlin. You've got a few um, news things there. Yes. So uh, Teams recently added read receipts, which is so cool. So they turned it into WhatsApp, right? Except that there's no different color ticks, right? Because there's no ticks. It's an eye. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get you get ticks when it's sent, and you get an eye when they see it. Uh, so it yeah. looks a little bit different. But oh, it's it's really useful. Has this person seen it? Should I phone them? Or are they just ignoring me? Like, that's a great little piece of functionality. Makes chatting a lot more usable. That's it's really great. I love it. Love it. Love it. Look, look, it's a it's a, it's a big bang theory moment, right? That's what it is. That's what you refer to now. So you can penny a Teams now, right? Sure. That's that's pretty much what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said now, someone's read it. Three seconds later, I phone them to find out uh, what do they think. Totally. And there's I, been, I appreciate there's been, there's the, a, the, the five-year-old sitcom references. <laughs> but think about it this way, right? There's been a, a big divide in the validity of it. Some people like it. Other people think it's an invasion of privacy because someone's read it and are expecting a response. And then it's all anxiety builds up and it's going to be another WhatsApp thing. Well, someone's read it. They haven't responded in three hours Shit, man, what is wrong with me? It's self-worth issues. I, I, I stress about it. Not the fact that it's there. I stress about the impact it's going to have on people. Because 
these technologies are so invasive, right, that, and they'll probably write positioning papers about the impact of red receipts on the emotional intelligence of humans uh, via being anxious now, like carpal tunnel, because you're using a mouse, and now you're going to have some sort of thing about anxiety, suffering from anxiety from red receipts. It's going to become a real thing in like 2050. I guess I I see it a little differently. I I quite like the the immediacy of the communication. It makes text chatting a lot more similar to talking like we're talking now, right? Not even now, like in person, you get a lot, you get more feedback, right? You have a lot of nonverbal communication. And read receipts are a form of nonverbal communication to me. It makes the it makes that communication stream richer without without adding more mental load really. I quite like it for that reason. But uh, I, I, I I totally I, I get where you're coming from. Millennials are gonna hate it. Um, they're spying on us. No, Anyhow, millennials are going to hate it. Millennials up. love water. Okay. Moving on, I, I think one of the cool things that came for for Forms is the file upload feature for Microsoft Forms. Oh, so so you can now attach. Yeah, yeah. And that was a 2019 release, right? Yeah, it was. So you were talking... Yeah, late 2019. You were talking about uh, Power Apps, like your, your favorite thing in Power Apps is the portals and stuff and interacting with people there. I think... 90% of the interaction you have to have with people outside of your organization is now super easily done in forms. Like the file upload was sort of that last little piece that you needed, like so that they could attach something yeah. to your form. Like yeah. that functionality is insane. I'm just waiting for Microsoft to add like a giant price tag to it. Really. Harsh. That's harsh. Uh, That's harsh. Yeah, man. Power anyway, apps. Dude. Moving on. Um, my second, this this just, it's, yeah, finally, finally. Root sites. Yes. We all started, we all started with, and I've got this in, 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 in my company currently. And we built an intranet, not on the root site, because people were still using the root site and we went to relaunch something. I can now replace the root site with the intranet. So good. Not with PowerShell. Uh, it, 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 it's just... It, Oh, it's so exciting. It's really good. Like, so, it's it's so really, exciting. it's such a nicer experience when, like, you go to SharePoint or whatever, you can really curate that and everything. But even beyond that, you, for um, deployment roadmaps and uh, the, the concept of a dev pipeline and whatever, you can do your dev in a different site, right? Like, oh, we're doing a rebranding. What's that going to look like? Oh, it's going to look like this, Right. And you can have it, and you can build it, and you can do all the things, and then you can push a button and swap it out. Ah. Oh. Okay, so so I, I used a bunch of movie references, and you are talking about things that sound like Kubernetes. Um. <laughs> you, you were the one talking about Bootstrap and some other cuck earlier. I just, I couldn't even. Kubernetes orchestration, and then you said your pipeline. I was like, what? Who is this guy? And what have you done with the model? I, I, I am I'm all about the rapid app development. And a lot of that is I also... 
And it's the same thing with SharePoint, right? You want to get the stuff going and quickly and be able to move it in and out in in a in a rapid way and make it easy for people and easy oh, for the people the using it to do it. The Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid is strong in your modeling. Kool-Aid strong. My favorite feature from Microsoft in the last 18 months, however, it's not modern everything because there's some really cool, uh, the, the list of modern list features released in December alone for SharePoint is just mind-blowing. I'm not even going to touch that. You can go find it, uh, head over to techcommunity.microsoft.com and go have a look at the SharePoint roadmap pit stop um, that, that uh, our good friend uh, Mr. Cashman drives quite hard. They've also got a podcast called The Intra Zone. And have a listen to that and also have a look at, at the, the, the blog post that talks about all these cool things. What I'm really excited well, hold on. about. One, excited one, message, one message about that, the, the modern everything, all the new list features. I think yeah. SharePoint Online lists, I think people sleep on it. I think there is a hell of a lot of power there. I think it is an incredibly useful tool and there's new stuff in it all the time. And I think it sort of gets overlooked in the world of oh let's build a power app and to manage all this data and whatever like actually do you need that like have a look at the lists because you can do some really cool things with SharePoint lists just like please continue uh, no i agree with you completely um, i think everything's been overshadowed uh, a lot of sharepoint has been overshadowed by words like teams and power apps and power automated power platform Whereas, go look what you can build. And in the old days, when we never had that, that's what we had, right? We had a list, and we built crazy complex things running off lists inside of SharePoint. And it's not dead. So go have a look at something like just doing some cool stuff around column totals or, or a rag status with custom views and calculated fields in a list. And you can make it pop. That's magic. Yeah, it's magic. It is really good. Um, I, I, it is. It is, and it takes us back to uh, SharePoint 2007. My thing that I really wanted to talk about that you just sort of side sideloaded with your own idea. You know, you sli slid into my DMs. You tangented um, yourself. This list thing. Oh. <laughs> the segues are magic. This is the segue episode. I want to talk about adaptive cards and actionable messages and how that is pulling through into all aspects of what we do. On Microsoft Lords, adaptive cards... I did a session on adaptive cards to Ignite the Tour Dubai last year. And I did another one, or well, actually the dev sessions that I did at Ignite the Tour Johannesburg, all of them ended in actionable messages on adaptive cards because you can now take content to where people work, specifically in Outlook. Right? Um, and it's, it's true to form. If you look at the, what the new Yammer looks like in the Fluid Framework and how you can actually interact, I'm not saying that's an actionable message or an adaptive card, but how you can interact with that because it's based on the Fluid Framework where you can reply to a post inside, inside of an Outlook message. Yeah, it's magic. It is magic. And this is the power of Microsoft, right? And Office 365. It's the integration, right? The fact that... These things all talk to each other and you can do it wherever you are and it interacts with everything else. That's the that's the magic. That's so cool. That's really, really amazing. Anyhow, this is probably going to be the longest episode in the history of... <laughs> it's going to be pretty long. <laughs> and we don't even have a guest on. <laughs> so, 
So let's start start wrapping this up. We spoke a bit about Ignite the Tour. We were going to do a recap, but that will take the show to two hours, and this is not a future film. What I'd like to touch on, just as we close off in the news, for those that are new to Microsoft, not only SharePoint, but the Office 365 space and everything that the modelings talked about, Kubernetes and orchestration and pipelining and all of that, on the second Tuesday of every month, you can come along to Microsoft in Cape Town as well as Microsoft in Johannesburg and Bryanston. And from 4 p.m. all the way through to 9 p.m., there are a bunch of user groups that meet to talk about cool shit that's happening inside of Microsoft. So if you don't want to listen to us, you can see us in person at an Azure user group as well as the Office 365 user group that congregates on the second Tuesday of every month, come rain or shine. And if you stay a little bit longer... You can come to the O365 UG that starts at 4. You can have something to eat at 6 and go straight into the Azure user group. Or you can go to any one of the others. There's Power BI user groups. There's the Power Apps and Flow user group that David runs. There is a, a, a SQL user group that fellow MVPs like Michael Johnson's been running. There's the SA Dev user group. There's a Gaming Dev user group. There's a Xamarin user group. There's just so many. So if you're still into that tactile in-person engagement with humans and you're not a millennial please come along to community night we'd love to have yes, you there and just you. just ragging on the millennials today hey it's it's, it's it's millennial it's the year of the millennials um there is no participation award second is first last place that's what you need to get used to shake and back baby shake and back hello fellow kids um but yes the community night is great one of the best things about Microsoft is the community and really I'd encourage everybody to come through to these sessions chat to people a lot of the sessions are by the community too it's not just people like me and Al talking to each other um, it's people with real world solutions real world problems and we all sort of workshop it together and it's it's a great time it really is come through God, magical and now going into my personal favorite segment of the show and oh, it's back it is back it is back the PowerShell commandlet of the week yes indeed um Earl's not doing his final segment this week so i suppose i'll just take it all on myself and well, modlin this is where it all started this is where it started this this was the first segment of the show that you introduced and then it morphed um it's like winning the lotto again. I'm I'm glad you're so emotional about this. So just like, uh, did you know? Take it all in. Just just speaking, speaking about PowerShell, right? You know that they they are sticking PowerShell. You'll be able to run PowerShell in the context inside of your browser. That's awesome. So you're going to get a PowerShell button. You don't have to worry about importing this and adding that. You can actually run it inside of inside of the browser that's very cool so they've been working quite a lot on powershell um, and they've got a whole bunch of experiences um, and one of them is a sharepoint online management shell so it is powershell but it's specifically configured for dealing with sharepoint online and it's really cool if you are running uh, powershell i think five or higher um, the commandlet this week is install dash module dash name microsoft.online.sharepoint.powershell 
that will go get it for you. It will go pull the SharePoint Online module for you, install it, and you can have a look at that experience. If you are dealing with SharePoint Online, um, if you're like me, you don't want to have to click through the UI 80,000 times, and you'd rather do it with PowerShell, it's a great way to do it. And if, if you are an administrator in, in any way, shape, or form, do not forget about PowerShell. Just because we're in the cloud now doesn't mean it's useless. It's still going strong, and it's still very powerful. All right. Is that a wrap? Is that the end of the show? About time. Uh, we'll see what this cuts down to, but we've been recording for like <laughs> 50 minutes now. We'll see what that we have, comes we have. That's so awesome. <laughs> So, thank you all so much for joining us. As we said earlier, this will hopefully be a more regular thing. Um, if you want to keep track of us and when new episodes come out, you can visit our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. That is the number two. Or you can find us on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin, and L is... At Alistair Pugin, thank you for listening. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.